What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name's Clive and I'm joined by my co-host Ricky. Good evening Ricky, how are you? Uh, good evening, doing very well yourself? I'm good, thank you. And I'd like to wish a good morning to someone on the east coast of Australia, Sir Sam, who's in Laws of Pain columnist. He does the Yes We Lived. Daniel Bryan's versus the Authority series and the Lords of Pain columns, as well as Sir Sam's Court. Good morning, Sam. How are you today on this Thursday? Good for morning. You? I'm I'm a little bit tired, Clive. I'll I'll be honest. I'm a little bit tired, but mm-hmm. uh, otherwise I'm fine. It's, it's Having a... um, I'm not normally up at this hour, uh-huh. but it's all right. I've got my coffee. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk some wrestling. <laughs> and we do have to the actually. The beauty of this hope... pod. Sorry, on you go, Sam. I, I, I just hope that our American audience is ready for the onslaught to their ears that they're about to get with your your Scottish <laughs> accents and my my broad Australian accent. I've been told it's I've been told it's classified as broad. <laughs> we could just say that it's a triple threat match between Noam Dar, Drew McIntyre, and Buddy Murphy, and they can... oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a bit of Nicky Cross as well. <laughs> The, the, beauty, the, beauty, the beauty of this pod is that for a change, we're not having to stay up too late, so someone, someone else is going to suffer other than us two. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's going to be nothing. I used to, before I was a wrestling columnist, actually, I did um, I did live blogs for the Tour de France, uh, and in Australia, that means staying up until about 2.30 in the morning, oh. and then going to work the morning after that <laughs> It was. It got too much. <laughs> That's crazy. I, when I was when I was a lot younger, I could do it very easily, but uh, it started to creep up on me. Now, the closer I got to thirty, it, I, I'd find myself at work the next day, like falling asleep and oh. <laughs> dozing off. The things oh, that people um. do for their passions—it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what drives you, but it's, <laughs> it's certainly. It was interesting for me. So, believe it or not, folks, Hell in a Cell is upon us already this Sunday uh, on the, the network, WWE Network. It's kind of crept up on us, to be fair. It seems like only a few weeks, it was literally a few weeks ago where we had SummerSlam, and we've got a very busy September, October time lined up for us. We've got the, since we do have an Australian guest on, Sam, what, is, there a, is there a buzz about Super Showdown on October the 6th in Australia at all? There is absolutely no buzz at all. Oh my god! I can tell you that. <laughs> it's uh, I, to be fair. To be fair, I don't live in Melbourne. That's about a thousand k's away, so I'm probably not seeing. There's probably a lot of local advertising that they're trying to do, uh, but I've seen a few news articles. That's about it. Uh, I, I, it's, it's interesting. I went on the website last night um, 
to look at tickets just to see how it's going and you can still get tickets in every single category if you're if you're this close to a mania show and you could get tickets on the you know on the floor you'd be you'd be absolutely laughing so it's i'm not sure if the wwe quite appreciate how big the mcg is it's it's bloody huge if they sell that thing out it will be the biggest show they've ever done it'll be bigger than that wrestlemania they did in texas oh my god the the it's a cricket ground like for the for american americans probably don't appreciate the size of a cricket pitch um but i so a, an american football field is 100 meters the MCG, the, the diameter of the MCG at its at its smallest is about 120 meters. At its widest, it's 170 meters, and that doesn't even include and that and that's before the stand. The stands hold about 90,000 people themselves, and then you've got that inc- that insanely huge flat area uh-huh. on the outside. It's it's going to it, it's. It's going to be quite a feat for them to sell everything. I would, I would, I would be going. I wish I was going, but I'm having a baby in October, so uh-huh. you know, there's there's more important things well, in life. Congratulations! Believe it or not. Thank like, you, I, thank you very much. But the, the stadium, the stadium holds, I think, close to a hundred thousand. So once you then yeah. add add in seats um, around the ring, you could be looking it's around massive. about a hundred and ten, maybe. And if you're in the if you're in the like the, ver- the absolute nosebleeds, which I'd probably be buying if I was going, because <laughs> I, I, I haven't got money for a, a ringside seat. If you're in them, you would be you would be looking at something that is a long, long way away. You really have to wonder if they're looking to sell this place out. What were they thinking? Because if you're talking one ten, one fifteen. That's a big ask, and if they're already, if there are still tickets available, even with hometown legend Buddy Murphy coming to <laughs> <laughs> coming to challenge for the cruiserweight title, that's, that's generous. It's a, it, it, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful stadium, though. Oh, absolutely! It's a it's an amazing city for sport as well. Melbourne's a fantastic city. Uh, I think as well that the W, I mean the WWE have obviously know how many network subscribers there are in Australia, but I think it's, yeah, they, I think they've underestimated or overestimated potentially the interest that Australians have in pro wrestling. It's, it's a very niche thing in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, there's, I, I live in, so to give you an idea, New, Newcastle, the city I live in, it's the second biggest city in, in the state, New South Wales that I live in behind Sydney. In the broader Newcastle area, there's about a million people. Um, so it's it's a decent size, and I think I, I could count on one hand the amount of times I've seen people wearing a a wrestling shirt, and that would be WWE. You know, if you want to look at like the real diehards, where you've got people running around in Bullet Club shirts or anything like that, I don't think I've ever seen that. And so I I just I don't think it, Australians are all that interested in professional wrestling. Honestly, it might be. I mean, they may they may end up if they you know paper the paper the city. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, give away a whole bunch of free tickets. They may get people there just out of sheer curiosity at the you know the idea of a spectacle. But you know it's it's, it's really not a, a big thing in Australia. It's it's a very niche sort of. There's a there's definitely a real diehard audience, but um you know it's it's a very niche sort of thing. And obviously they've added in the Triple H Undertaker match with possibly Shawn Michaels being in attendance as well. Yeah, you'd think that that's probably the selling point that they're trying to get to get tickets sold. Uh, 
wait, wait, wait a couple of weeks, and they'll have to roll out John Cena. Just wait. Oh God. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think the Rock travels to Australia? I don't know. <laughs> That'd probably oh, do it. Shit. Is, is, is Cena not even advertised for this? I don't think so. Jeez. I haven't seen it. Well, I don't know. I, as I said, I'm not going, so I'm trying to. I'll, I'll probably watch it on. The, I will watch it on the day because it'll be the the first WWE show at a decent hour for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you Britsky, um, Scottish folk could probably appreciate that. But, uh, and I, I think I'm actually appearing on the, the post show for Lords of Pain. So okay. um, I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. And it'll be interesting to see in the weeks leading up if there is, if there is much hype, um, you know, on, on, you know, the morning TV shows and that sort of thing, when mm-hmm. they get in, they get in the Roman Reigns as the Seth Rollins, the, the Triple H's, the Stephanie McMahon's, Probably the the Charlottes and and whatnot onto the you know try and do the roll out the PR bandwagon. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like. There's never been an event like this before. It's always just been, you know, just house shows where you get maybe five thousand people. Oh, oh dear! Do they need to multiply that by twenty? Good luck to them. Mm. So according to the official poster, Cena's on the poster. So I would assume based on that, he has to be. Mm. Maybe you'd be cornering Nikki Bella. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the Bellas versus the Iconics in the main event. Oh no! Remember, it's it's same. Um, remember, it's, it's the Iconics John... that get cheered. I know. <laughs> they're Australian. It's... They're from Melbourne. John Cena and Bobby Lashley taking on KO and Elias. Okay. Man, it's it's a real house show. I, I'm I'm excited for the the six man, the Shield versus Braun and Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. That'll be a that'll be a rip. Oh yeah, that'll match. be good. That'll be awesome. And the the cruiserweight as well, Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander. Because I don't know, Buddy Murphy, you'd, you'd have to think he'd be motivated to try and try and at least make the most of this the the hometown thing that he'll get because Australia Australians if nothing else are fiercely patriotic he'll he'll probably come out wearing some green and gold and Australians even though they've never heard of him before they'll go nuts for him. <laughs> We've also got the Bar versus the New Day as well. Okay, that's that'd be a good match. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So there's definitely there's definitely some interesting matches on it, but I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's a, it's a house show and hopefully people don't think it's a, a, a real pay-per-view. Like the Saudi Arabia event, that was just a glorified house show just because it's on the network or you might need to pay for it or whatever. It's, so I, w- I've, I wouldn't get too worked up about it if it doesn't deliver on this, uh, or anything like that, just purely because it is just a glorified house show. Uh-huh. I mean, it's ambitious though. As I said, if they sell the if they sell this place out, it'll be the biggest show they've ever put on. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's probably the angle they're going for <clears throat> by putting it at the yeah. MCG. Mm. Oh, 100%. More is more with the WWE. Always. More is, more is always better. <laughs> How long has Australia had the network for? Uh, we've had it pretty much since it launched, actually. Really? I didn't know um, that. It was, yeah, 2014 when it when it came in Australia. And we didn't get it straight away. Uh-huh. The We didn't get the WrestleMania, the WrestleMania 30. Uh, but very soon after that, we got the network. I think the UK was round about autumn fall time. Is that right, Ricky? Something like that. We didn't get it straight away either. Uh, in 2014, we got it later on in the year. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Just when all their NXT takeovers were starting to gain traction in terms of popularity and stuff. I don't know why I didn't realise Australia had the network as well. I mean, obviously, you watch NXT and 205 Live, Sam, so I just didn't put two and two together at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they. I, I assumed that they had booked this show based on network subscribers because mm-hmm. um, they would know they would know how many Australians subscribe to the WWE network uh, and if they've got you know a fan if they've got a fan base of 200,000 in Australia then they might think well if we run the equivalent of Wrestlemania then maybe we'll get a, a decent amount of them coming along well, we shall see. not this one though unfortunately yeah. Aye, not this one maybe another one down yeah. the line <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully they. I mean, hopefully they sell this show out because then they will come back. But oh, we'll see what happens. Right. So, what we thought we'd do tonight is we used to do a sort of official predictions league when it came to pay per views, but some idiot, some idiot, somehow lost the table, the league t- standings. Um, so we're back to square one. But we'll do a wee sort of preview and predictions of Hell in a Cell which is this Sunday, and I've not really got a proper match order here. As far as I'm aware, there are only eight matches announced so far. Does that sound yeah, right? Um, I think so. I mean, I don't know if they've announced anything for the pre-show or anything like that. Um, let me double-check. I imagine Bobby Roode and Chad Gable will end up in a pre-show match, probably. Actually, they could have a decent match against the Revival. I wouldn't be sad at that. Aye, that's true. That would be good. So, what I've got, and again, no particular order, I've got the SmackDown Women's title match first between Becky Lynch and champion Charlotte Flair, which, regardless of what people's opinions are on Becky Lynch's quote-unquote heel turn, this is one of the hottest feuds heading into Hell in a Cell. It's not the best of cards when I'm looking at it on paper, but this match definitely interested in. Um, how do you think the build has been for this one, Sam? Overall, I've really liked it. I've really enjoyed it. Mm, <laughs> I'm I'm in the minority. I, I think I'm in the minority of fans where I I like to be told, sat down and told a story, and so I often try and reserve judgment until I can see where the story's going. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't dismayed at the Becky, the Becky Lynch heel turn uh, and in fact for the people who were where are your Becky Lynch shirts where were you where were you six months ago when Becky Lynch was was you know was completely nowhere where were you the uh, and were, weren't the same people calling for a Becky Lynch heel turn um, yeah, I, I, I can understand that. how the the build to the the build to the match kind of positioned Becky Lynch in a certain way that they then turned on but that was the point of the story um and she's been her her character i don't know in a similar way to the way that shinsuke nakamura's character was revitalized by the heel turn regardless of where he's gone now which is a bit sad but her character is she's thrived in this new role um the beat down that she put on charlotte on the most recent SmackDown where Charlotte was palling around with the crowd and you just knew something was about to happen and she's wearing a disguise. That was fantastic. Oh, and, yeah. and I think her promo work's been much improved as well. See, she had hints of this in her early kind of soft heel mode when she was in NXT. I preferred her when she was like that and it's come to sort of turn the notch up to 11 this time and mm. took a page out of Jericho's book this week with the 
attacking from the crowd. I really liked that. That gave it, as you said, you knew something was going wrong there, and it just turned out into another Becky Lynch beatdown. There's been quite a few of them, which makes me believe that um, Becky Lynch won't win this match just yet. We'll see what happens in the future, but I'm still not sure. With regards to the, the Becky Lynch debacle, I'm going to live by this opinion now that nobody really gave a shit about her until WWE told us to in the form of her promos and her uh, her winning streak and whatnot. So I think they've known, WWE have known what they're doing the whole time with this one. And if it's not to fans liking, then so be it. At the end of the day, she's more popular than she ever has been. She's in a spotlight feud, which has been advertised on Raw as well. So mm. she's got a lot of going for her. What, what, are you, what do you think, Ricky? She she hasn't been as relevant as she is now. Like you said, her feuds highlighted on Raw. She, I mean, the day after SummerSlam, that's how SmackDown opened up with Becky Lynch, quote unquote, heel turn on Charlotte. Um, I was I was also I I made my feelings clear. I felt that wrong woman at SummerSlam win. Uh, and I'm a massive, massive Charlotte Mark, but it was a case of right. Well, let's just see where it's going and where it's went now is quite. It's interesting. It's appealing to me. Um, I've never been a massive Becky Mark. Like I've always liked and appreciated her, but she was never one of my favourite female wrestlers. And I'm quite invested in this storyline. And it's a lot down to what they've done with Becky. Um, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think Charlotte wins. I don't. I um. I feel like maybe a false finish. Maybe I don't think we're going to get a clean finish. Um, partly because I think obviously this match is also advertised for Australia, and I think we'll probably have a match at Evolution as well. But overall, like, yeah, I agree. Like, I couldn't care. I four or five months ago, maybe not even four, maybe two or three months ago, I couldn't care less about Becky, and now <laughs> it's one of the most the more interesting feuds on either brand. Definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right on there, Clive, with what you said, that people didn't care about her until... Well, people liked Becky Lynch. They thought she was good. Everyone appreciated her. But she where, there was no... Make no mistake, there was no yes movement for Becky Lynch. There was no, there was no crowd sabotaging in, until the WWE pulled the trigger and started to, to mention her more and started to play into her, her storyline of being left off pay-per-views and being the forgotten woman. Um, there was no crowd, there was no significant crowd investment in her. I mean, even if I remember, I watched that promo again a couple of weeks ago, the first promo after SummerSlam, and see the, there was quite a muted response to her music hitting. It was only when she said, it was like Pavlov's dog, where she said, nobody really <laughs> cared about me, and they went, oh, eh, hold on a minute, yes, we did. So, I mean, that sort of proved her point a wee bit. I mean, six six months ago, like you said, no one cared, and it was really just all about Asuka. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to the Royal Rumble, and then leading up to WrestleMania, and then after WrestleMania. So I said, Charlotte, sorry, not Charlotte, Becky Lynch, like you said, she's only really come into to the scene or into people's minds in these last couple of months. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I, like I said, I think a lot of people did care about her, um, but not as much as people like to make out at the moment. Um, you certainly, I don't think a lot of people are very vocal about the support for her until they turned her. Um, 
Yeah, like I say, this is a more. Like I say, I think I don't think we're in the minority. I think a lot of people will probably agree with us. I think this is the most interesting. As Becky's probably been since her NXT days. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So, who are you going for, Sam, in your prediction? I would, I would actually love to see Becky win it at this point uh, and really just solidify that that last kicker thing that she, that I guess the the character that she's creating, where she's this or kind of, I wouldn't say anti-authoritarian, but certainly has that. I, she's not, she's a heel, but she's not a cowardly one. And she's rebellious. Um, she's she's a she's a take no. She's almost like KO. It, when KO, KO at her best, you know, just uh-huh. like a someone who just, I mean, the last kicker is a great way to describe it. She just gets in there and she just kicks people's asses and she doesn't care about it. Uh-huh. Um, and and I think as well, the WWE would be smart to do that so that the crowd don't turn on Charlotte too badly. They, I've, I'm, I'm not sure how much you guys read of, of the Eternal Optimist, Dave Fenichel, but he's very much of the belief that, the reason they've turned Becky is they want to keep Charlotte face so that at WrestleMania they can have Charlotte versus Rousey as the main event, face versus face as something like this iconic mm-hmm. John Cena rock, you know, Hogan warrior sort of thing, but for females. And I, I think that's probably pretty bang on the money. Um, and and if the WWE is playing a fine game here with the with the vocal minority in the crowd um, that that will be ready to start booing Charlotte. Uh, and, and giving her the Roman Reigns treatment and potentially ruining that that like iconic moment that they want to create. And they, I think they'd be very smart to give the title to Becky Lynch. Um, and, and maybe at Evolution, that's when they turn... That's when they, they switch it back uh-huh. um, and just give a, give a short title run. And we've been seeing lots of really long title runs recently. I, there was a period in my early fandom... In the in the late two thousands, where it felt like the title swapped around all the time, and and that that was not great. Um, it felt like it, it kind of cheapened the amount of runs. I think like Edge picked up something like 11, 11 runs with the world championship, and he in the spot in the space of about three years, uh, and it, it did cheapen the title. And and they've done a lot to correct that. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't every now and again just have a quick a quick title change to to, I guess, help enhance a story. Uh-huh. Spice things up a bit. The, what what they, they used to try and do, and they seem to do it less of it now, is they really wanted to give her off like a, an MMA-type feel where titles can change hands at any time and anyone can beat anyone. Um, like I said, not, not a lot of people bought into that because at the end of the day, like we understand it's not like... Um, Mixed martial arts or boxing, you know, it's it's scripted, so not a lot of people bought into that. But the, I think I I agree. I don't know if, like I said, I think Charlotte will win, but I think at some point and at some point either before or at Evolution, I think Becky Lynch will win a title because it's kind of like the Nakamura AJ Styles situation. Because if you weren't going to crown Nakamura, at least you had you could fall back and give him like you've done the United States cha- uh, title. Um, but with Becky, if she doesn't win it, then there's nothing for her to fall back on, like another title. Um, and at this moment in time, Charlotte never Charlotte doesn't need that title because um, you could if you if she drops it in um, at the end of October at Evolution, you could then kind of start gearing towards Survivor Series, and then it's, it starts to gear towards Royal Rumble. 
So for me, if Charlotte loses the title at that point, it's not that big a deal because you can put her in nothing feuds all you want for the next month or two. She's still going to be great. And then when it comes to the Royal Rumble, you would assume if they are going to go Rousey and Charlotte, Charlotte will probably win the Royal Rumble. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think that probably will be the main event um, next year at WrestleMania. I thought they would have done six months ago. I thought maybe they were going to lean towards Asuka versus... Um, uh, Ronda Rousey like streak versus streak or streak versus Rousey or whatever but not to blow my own horn here at Clive will back up what I says a while back that a women's match will definitely close Wrestlemania and I think that's going to happen like you said I think that'll happen next year so I give myself a pat on the back for that <laughs> I think uh, it, it removes the, the teeth from if Becky Lynch doesn't win at some point it, it really removes the teeth from her character um, the reason, I guess, that she turned on Charlotte, her best friend, quote unquote, um, because of the, this title um, that she felt entitled to, uh, and if she doesn't win it at some point, it really kind of, I guess, neuters that motive, and it it, it really removes the teeth from what she's done, mm-hmm. uh, and and really neuters her as a threat in the future as well. Whereas if she beats Charlotte at some point. Uh, not only does it give Charlotte some adversity to go up to, and I think one of the problems with Charlotte as a face character is she is she is clearly the most athletic, she's the most talented, and so you know why should we cheer for her because she's so great? Like I don't want to cheer for someone just because they're awesome. Um, give me a, give me like a character reason, and it gives her some adversity to come up against. Uh-huh. You know she's got to fight these emotional. She she used to be this person's best friend, and now she's got to fight her. Um, let make her overcome some adversity. And and last year when she actually finally got over as a face, it was after she came back because of the the leaked photos that came out that she the she had sympathy for that. And then her father was was incredibly unwell, and she had sympathy for that as well. And that's when she was the that's when she first actually started getting over as a face. Um, was when the crowd had something to be sympathetic towards her for. Uh, and at the moment, she doesn't really have that much. It's like she does what she wants and she's awesome at it. Cool. <laughs> and, you know, you're a great wrestler. Fantastic. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Now, Ricky, you'd mentioned Ronda Rousey there. She is facing Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I've got very little to add about this one. I, would, I don't know, even though she's a heel... And she's held the title for so long. I have no idea why Alexa Bliss would even think of wanting a rematch against someone who destroyed her in a matter of minutes at SummerSlam. So I'm just going to chime in with a Ronda Rousey victory. But, Ricky, have you got anything you want to add about this one? I think to to what you just said, why would Alexa Bliss want to have a rematch? So from like a cafe point of view sense, like... No, no fighter likes to be told that they can't beat someone else, and in your mind, your ego and your pride won't take it. So in that sense, she's like, no, no, like I have to sort of redeem myself. Um, in terms of what's going to happen, I mean, it has to be a carbon copy of what took place at SummerSlam. Um, I say that at no point did it feel like Alexa Bliss would be a threat to Ronda Rousey, like whether it be even in kayfabe, like she's smaller, she's Ronda is stronger, she's more athletic, she's got everything in her favour and that's still the same so for me don't don't cheapen that 
victory at SummerSlam by making Rousey go life and death here. I understand Alexa Bliss has held the title on numerous occasions, and and from a kayfabe point of view, she's like one of the top females there. Um, but like I say it's Ronda Rousey. I would like to see her repeat, maybe a little bit cleaner this time, um, just in the sense of like to, to the actual match um, to get rid of some of the sloppiness. Um, but overall, like I just I think. Alexa Bliss shouldn't really get very much offense in at all. I just I'd like that it says I think it has to go down the way it did before. Sam, I I'd have to agree with that sentiment. Ronda Rousey should be picking her teeth with Alexa Alexa Bliss's arm bone at the end of this match. <laughs> See, there's this, this small niggle that I've got here where Alexa Bliss targeted Ronda's ribs on Raw this week. Ronda's ribs on Raw, how's that for alliteration? Mauro Ronaldo would be proud of that. <laughs> um, but do you think that could be something they'll play into where Alexa had a quick cheap shot on the ribs and she managed to, to manages to get some form of offence in? I'd be watching for shenanigans, personally. Mickey James, perhaps? Mm, potentially. Okay. Who's who's Ronda against at uh, Evolution? Well, we believe it's Nikki Bella. If you listen to some reports. Okay. Oh, I wonder if I wonder why the, how the Bellas would fit with Alexa Bliss. They they're sort of, you know, they you could position them as being cut from the same cloth if if they wanted to go down that road. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like the the kind of I guess like that that street smart gold digging sort of. Sleep your way to the Being top. Being a maniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Sorry, guys. That's, um, I didn't say that. <laughs> no. Unfounded the pro- allegations. The, pro- the problem is, like, I think the WWE just kind of overestimate just how much of a peel the Bellas actually are. Like, the oh, ratings yeah, on their show, the ratings on their show are plummeting. They were never... Right, Brie Bella's not good, but I'll give credit to Nikki. Nikki was absolutely terrible, but then... She improved and she went from being terrible to being just poor, but there was still at least that slight improvement there. Um, so I wouldn't. So I'm not going to knock her too much because she did improve. But like I said, but that she couldn't have got much worse. But I just don't understand. Like I like I would. I would hope if that match there. does happen, it goes the same way as the Alexa Bliss match at SummerSlam. Like because Nikki Bella is less of a threat than Alexa Bliss is. Well, there's, I mean, just talking about them overestimating Bella's appeal, I think there is still a, an avid fan base for the Bellas. And but, for, no, I think I think they're overestimating their appeal to the mainstream or casual fans. Oh, they don't care. Oh, the casual fans, right? Hmm. As for the, that's why I think they're doing it. No. And that and that match will probably close Evolution, which is kind of a damn shame. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got many words to say about evolution, but we'll talk about know, but, closer but to the, the whole. Po- I think I think the whole point of that match would be to see how people respond or how Ronda Rousey does in the main event, because like you say, they have plans to potentially put her in the main event in WrestleMania. Um, obviously, I know you've got issues with evolution, but that match just doesn't appeal to me at all. Um, <laughs> no. You know, if they wanted to throw that on a on a different pay per view, then that's fine. But just not this one. Um, yep, yeah, same here. But we'll... yeah, it's definitely not made to appeal to us diehards. <laughs> oh. 
It's the whole pay-per-view's turning that way. Um, it's maybe a bit unfair because it is just a, a rumoured card that's come out. So I'll reserve judgment until closer to the time when the card is official. But are we all going for a Ronda Rousey victory then on Sunday? Definitely. Yep. Right, so getting into some more meaty matchups now. We've got the Raw Tag oh, Team yeah. titles between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. This could be a tasty one, Sam. Oh yeah, I fucking love the Shield. (laughs) (laughs) This is this has been Raw has been. I don't know. It seems like it's SummerSlam after SummerSlam, a switch has just flicked, and Raw is the most interesting thing going in the WWE after being for year. Or it feels like a year. It feels like years, years and years Mm -hmm, that Brock Lesnar was there, just sucking the life out of that show, Um, and the Shield have been at the center of that alongside Drew Matt. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, give them credit. They have been really compelling. And I love the fact that this this skirmish that started out between, um, well, it started out, I guess, between Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler and, and Dean Ambrose and, and Drew McIntyre, <clears throat> this skirmish has just exploded um, across the show, and it's and in in Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre's rush to like stay relevant because previously that when the Shield when the this is this is my my internal story for it at least. Um, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, when the Shield debuted originally, they got pushed down the ladder, and now the Shield have suddenly reformed and they're at the top of the card. And Drew Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, whose whole stick is that they're part of like this lost generation, they're like suddenly scrambling desperately to try and stay relevant and and so in that scramble they've you know they attacked the revival and they're just desperate and they uh. they destroyed the b team in their desperation to just 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 grab onto whatever they can um so that they so that the same thing doesn't happen a second time as what happened you know when the shield originally showed up uh and that is that the shield ate the the existing mid card alive uh and and the Shield guys, they always bring it. Whenever they're together, they always bring they it. Um, and, like... and the beatdowns have been incredible um, on both ends. The the fact that the whole heel locker room is now involved. I love it when the like when all of the, the different working parts of Raw start to interact together uh, in, in that shared universe way and that's uh-huh. how it's that's how it's developed. That's a really interesting analysis about Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre back in 2013, 2014. Uh, yeah, think about where they were and what happened uh-huh. to them. I mean, Drew McIntyre got let go, basically. Yep. That's how far he yep. fell from the tree. But with him, he's basically he's kind of in the main event scene, uh, if you include the sort of top and second top tier of Raw at the moment. Ricky, would you say... I've got two questions for you, Ricky. One, would you say that Drew McIntyre is the most successful call-up we've had in quite some time from NXT? And two, do you think it's a good thing that just between these six men, you have wars over all three of the, the men's titles, the Universal, IC, and the tag titles that are just being shared between these six guys? Do you think that's a good thing? The most successful NXT call-up. In some time. Not ever, not ever. I wouldn't say that. Just for the last year or so. I'm trying to think who they've called up in the last year or so now. Um, Bobby Roode. <laughs> Bobby Roode. <laughs> no way, Jose. 
Apparently, no way Jose's going to event, guys. <laughs> well, if you push it back to 18, you'd probably put Joe in there. 18 months. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, probably, yeah. But at the same time, he, it's not like he's done too much, if you know what I mean. It's not like he's he's been in... Uh, a, a big top feud where he's win, but he's been relevant from the very moment he came on to Raw, and I think that's that um, that's almost as great as as potentially say beating someone like I said Rollins or Roman Reigns in a feud or whatever. He has been relevant for the very first day he appeared on Raw about what was it like four or five months ago, whenever it was, um, and the idea of having these six guys fighting over the titles. I said last week or the week before. I would put every single title, Raw title, on the Shield guys. I thought you were going to say Roman Reigns there. Oh, I'll put it on <laughs> Roman Reigns, yeah. I mean, that'd be, that'd be even better. Um, my Imagine only... the reaction that would get. Imagine oh. the reaction that would get. <laughs> I think I'll just turn Twitter off that day. Oh, no, I I, I, I would be on Twitter stoking the flames. Um, you never surely not at all NXT um, is next <laughs> um, my only reservation about putting the tag titles on Seth and Dean is remember when the first when the, when the Shield first debuted when Dean had the US title did not have it for about six months or so I don't know if it may be not been and, it, and you could probably count in one hand how many times he defended it so that's my only reservation, is that if you're going to put all these titles on these guys, someone has got to be pulling uh, double duty every night. But I would also like each title to stay relevant because the Intercontinental title kind of became everybody's main event these last sort of 12, 18 months or so. And, and that might that's probably a lot down to the fact that who was holding in your, your Universal title. But it started with Ambrose and The Miz, and then The Miz really elevated IC title, and then Seth, Seth took it up, and now Dolph, and now it's back on Seth. It's become like a real important title, and it's got the importance, and like the limelight on it is is it deserves it. Um, so my, that's my only hesitation: that if these guys hold all these titles, can we still keep the titles relevant? I think you can, because the good thing is, uh, like our good friends Outsiders Edge, like. They highlighted a point that when they when they come together, they're the Shield. But when they're having their singles matches, they still come out to their own music, so they're still their own guys. But when when there's a cause and when there's a purpose, they'll come together. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it could work. That's my only hesitation about putting the tag titles on uh, Dean and Seth. But I may as well put, get my pick out of the way now. I think they will put the titles on them too this Sunday. So I think I won't give away my my pick in the main event yet, but. At some point before that main event, all the Shield will hold all three titles. Well, yep. I'll I'll add in there my prediction that I think they will win the tag titles as well. Um, I'm kind of giving away my prediction for the main event, but I don't know if you've ever noticed, but there seems to be a bit of a trait when it comes to the December pay per view, uh, the sort of last pay per view of the year. Normally, the heels leave leave that calendar year on top. So I'm thinking that the Shield will have these titles for a wee while and then come December, the Shield just crumble in kayfabe and they've just lost everything, all the titles, everything that they're fighting for. So I'm going, that's my pick there. I'm going for Dean and Seth to win the titles this Sunday. Um, Sam, your picks? 
Yeah, I would I would go with Dean and Seth as well for the same reason Ricky said that they will have them all hold the titles at once. Uh, they I'm not sure if you guys saw on on Twitter there was people blowing up about the fact that the Shield were put in a WWE list as the number one faction of all time. Now whether you believe that or not. Uh, they're definitely right up there, and, and what that says is that the WWE want them to be. Um, in, in the WWE's, at least in their revisionist history that they love, um, you know, <laughs> the kind of revisionist history that, that sees Nikki Bella as part of the as, – as, like the – the, the reason or one of the driving forces behind the women's revolution as opposed to one of the reasons for the women's revolution. Exactly. Um, I know. Um, <laughs> like that's yeah, uh, in that, they'll, in that they'll, sort they'll of revisionist her, history. <laughs> they'll be given her the credit because they refuse to see AJ Lee's name on, on TV. No, it's ridiculous. Anyway, but in that kind of revisionist history spirit, um, they want the, they want the shield to be number one. Um, you know, they and they an important part of every faction is giving them that that moment where they hold all the gold, where mm. they are the the ones that hold everything on a on a state on a show, and they can point to that and say, at Hell in a Cell, they held every single title at once, and they'll have some sort of back back backroom segment if they're not going. If if you think that. Roman Reigns isn't going to win the main event, and I'll have a backroom segment that has them all holding every single title with all of the, so they can use that in in the future. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it fits the it fits with the way the Shield are. The Shield are this, I guess this this unstoppable force that wants to run this run this business. And how do you run the business? You win all the belts. Um, yep. So that that would be my prediction for it. Um, that they will they will take it and they will win it. So. Before you move, before you move on to piggybacks off something you say is that you think the shield will start to implode or will implode come sort of December time. I don't think they'll break the shield up until WrestleMania time. Not not so much break the shield up, just that they'll lose their titles in December. I could them. see them losing the tag titles at some point um, and the IC. Yeah, but the universal title stays there, and I think Roman holds it until WrestleMania. Yep, and then what they do then. I mean, they could go Shield Triple Threat at WrestleMania, but you would imagine that would need to close the show. But I could, I, I mean, could, I could see, I could see them maybe doing that. Roman Reigns has to get a clean win over Brock without an interference by a Money in the Bank holder, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he doesn't. I'm hoping, no, he doesn't. I'm, yeah, I know he definitely doesn't. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't I'm ever hoping, want to see Brock on TV again. I'm hoping that uh, the. I mean, I think right now the the WWE has given the current generation a, a moment to prove itself. You'll notice there's been no. I mean, the part timers that there have been on the TV have been in their own separate, like completely separate universe. They yes. may as well be on a different show. They that. may as well be like. It may as well be like an advertisement. Um, we're going to commercials, and then this different segment shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're giving them a chance to to prove themselves, uh, and I think that if they prove themselves, then they may get that that triple that shield triple threat. And, and the way you'd do it is you'd have Scene and Death as uh, uh, Dean and Seth as the um, the final two in the Royal Rumble, oh. uh, and and have oh, those two good. go hell for leather, and and that would be when you you pull that that card of the Shield starting to implode on one another. I like that idea. Because yeah, it's on you go. Uh, it's because then then it starts as something that is. Um, 
it's not something that is contrived. It's something that you can imagine happening. They work together and then they work together and then they work together and then all of a sudden there's only two people left and you know you can't work together when you've got one when you're one on one uh and 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 the way that they the and the way that Dean and Seth are booked is that they are top guys um to steal what the revivals uh-huh. say they are the you know those the the thing that Roman Reigns said is where he had the title but he said we are the three workhorses that run this business and and they've never people were complaining that they were the sh- they were Roman Reigns lackeys, and that's absolutely not the way that they've been booked. That's absolutely not the way that things have things have looked when they've um, when they've all been together. Uh, and to say that is just to to be willfully willfully ignorant of what's actually happening on exactly. the TV show. Yeah. Uh, two two things. So, have you ever since Dean Ambrose came back? I've just I don't know if you've noticed it so the first night the Shield sort of um, reunited Ambrose they've, they've dumped Strowman out and Ambrose immediately ran straight out of the ring to, set, to start putting him through the table and then the other night uh, on Monday night there as they've come down through the crowd Roman and Seth are, are like are coming down the stairs but Ambrose is already at the, at the barrier and he's already starting to throw people around and I kind of like how they've just had Ambrose just it just seems like he's just went even more crazier. Um, I, I, I don't know why, but I just found that kind of funny and just been like, look at that, the guy just, he's just, he's, it, it sort of, it builds into that whole lunatic fringe kind of thing. Um, to to go to the Royal Rumble, I would, I'd be happy if that was the final two. I would have Seth winning it, Roman then defending in the Elimination Chamber where Ambrose could potentially win it, Roman wants his rematch, and then Seth would also be like, well, I'm guaranteed a title shot, obviously, at WrestleMania, and that way, that's how you could tell that story leading into WrestleMania, how you can get the three of them or into the, have, the main event. You could have Dean win the chamber and the title, but Roman Reigns wants his rematch. Oh, that's that's excellent. Uh, and, and to, to your <laughs> well, that's, point that's about Dean said, Ambrose... Yeah. Sorry, sorry to, I thought you said someone else won the chamber. No, Dean wins it and then Roman wants his rematch and he says, right. I'm getting at WrestleMania and Seth right. goes, well, I I also have the match at WrestleMania and it turns into a triple threat. And I think at that point, I think no matter what, if that if that's the way they're going to go, I think Seth walks out with the title. Interesting. So, to what you said, I'm not going to be able to, I can't comment on who I would, I would want Dean Ambrose to. Dean Ambrose is my favourite wrestler, uh, potentially of all time um, at this point. And when he came back, myself and my fellow Lords of Pain columnist Plan wrote this really incredibly nerdy article about his character. Um, we just yes. both love just getting into the character and the story. Uh, and and at that point, so this was just uh, this was after the SummerSlam match and and after the first Raw, Dean Ambrose had come back, and this is a guy that previously powered around and played up to the crowd. He'd barely even cracked a smile, let alone a high five um, with the crowd when he first got back. They've kind of gone back on that a little bit but he was coming back as a very very serious guy Mm -hmm. Um, a guy who was very angry very very pissed off Uh, and and what we kind of read from that is that he's the way Dean Ambrose operates is in is in black and white there's no shades of gray for Dean Ambrose and he is someone who 
is above all things loyal to his brotherhood, to his brothers. And previously, he saw the crowd as part of that. Um, he saw the crowd as part of his, I guess, his close, tight knit group that cheered him on and 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 that supported him. But then the crowd slowly turned on him. Um, the crowd started cheering for AJ Styles when he was the champion. The crowd started claiming that he was no longer uh, a main event guy, that he was no lo- that he was the weak member of the Shield. And when he left, they forgot about him. Uh, and when he came back, he's someone who no longer wants to play to the crowd. He's someone who no longer cares for the crowd. Um, he's someone who's, for all intents and purposes, he has turned on the crowd and he no longer wants them as part of his... I guess who he is and, and as he no longer wants them to cheer for him, uh, no longer wants them to be on his side. Uh, he just wants to cause and, and that, that puts him in an interesting position when you've got Seth Rollins playing up to the crowd, wanting them to chant, burn it down with him. And, and, um, and this is, this is a fundamental conflict between the two that that hasn't been resolved, and mm-hmm. they haven't they haven't played into it yet. Given they haven't they haven't really talked about that much yet, um, because they have gone down this this road of reuniting the shield, and that's fair enough. But but that kind of underlying thing is still sitting there, as you said. Dean Ambrose is 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 has come back even more ready to kick ass than before. Uh-huh. It's very reminiscent of the first time round with the shield. Because after they broke up, once you get done with the whole Seth feud, like he went through a, a long period where he was like this goofy sort of nerdy sort of character. He sort of playing like not at I first. Just felt, yeah, not, not at first. first, not at first, not at first. So like the first, let's like say the first time round, um, he was very serious, very mean, very like f you to everyone sort of thing. But then, let's like say for a period, it was just too. It wasn't. It wasn't even too it was after lunatic. Got, it's after he yeah. had to fight Brock Lesnar. After friggin' Brock Lesnar <laughs> decided not yeah. to work with him at, at WrestleMania. The, like he says, he just became this almost like a comedy type act, and you just it just it wasn't him. Um, and I may as well get it in right now. Now you've brought Brock Lesnar up. Fuck Brock. That was an absolute <laughs> bullshit match. Um, yes. So. Yeah, like that, I'm, match, I'm, that match was better than better than what people give it credit for. I think it. it oh, my alarm's gone. Um, that match was. See that alarm that just went off. That's normally when I get up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that match was better than people give it credit for, and 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 Brock at least acted scared of of what Dean Ambrose was was able to absorb, um, but it could have been so much better. He it was clear, mm. and when you hear the backs, when you hear Dean Ambrose saying Brock Lesnar didn't want to work with me. You can see that in the match, and it's just yeah. it, it could have been so much more than what it was. I think I'd need to rewatch that match because leading up to it, I was so hyped. It was the match I was looking forward oh, to the most, and then it, it was it just, so hot. It just fell flat completely. I was convinced that you, uh, Dean would win as well for some reason. How you think how that? how how amazing would it have been if WWE had? leaned into the natural reactions that they were getting at WrestleMania for WrestleMania 32 had Dean Ambrose face Triple H oh, um, oh. In, in just in that same story as as the anti-authoritarian guy that would have that would have fit and have Roman Reigns face Brock Lesnar after after their match was interrupted yeah. at WrestleMania 31 at WrestleMania 32 they have the rematch get that how different could the last couple of years have been like it's it's insane to think about 
And Triple H sense. and Dean Ambrose had that real good match. Uh, roadblock. What was a short roadblock? So good. Mm-hmm. Imagine that on WrestleMania stage. Like, do do you remember? Because they were the last two in the Royal Rumble, and do you remember? Yeah. Like, I even the I was, was watching. So like, oh my! Like, you kind of felt. Triple H was still going to win, but you were like, "Oh my goodness, what if what if Dean wins?" And I think, like, says a live crowd at the time, what like says were really into it and they were really behind Dean. Um, and I was watching that with be. a bunch of casual fans, and I was like, "So they they were like, oh, we love Triple H because they're they're casual fans. They didn't really know who Dean Ambrose was." And I was like, going mental when it was the when mm. they were the final two, and it looked like Dean Ambrose was going to win in that Royal Rumble. I know we're going off on another tangent, but do you remember the face-off between Bray Wyatt and Triple H in the Royal Rumble? Yeah. I think, um, uh, Bray- Tri- Triple H, who did, I think he eliminated Dolph, I think it was. And then he turned around, and Bray Wyatt was still in front of him. It was like, you almost felt like that feud itself was being teased, because you always remember when Bray Wyatt was talking to Daniel Bryan, like, Together, if you come with me, we can take down a machine or something along those lines. And yeah. everyone kind of felt, oh my goodness, he's going to maybe turn face and help Daniel Bryan take down the authority. But it wasn't to be. But uh, that, that, I love that face off. Like, I'm a massive Bray, Bray Mark as well. I recently watched um, that Royal Rumble again um, for a different series that, that one of the other writers is doing. And I was just going to comment on that particular Rumble. Uh, and. It's it's such a good it's such a good rumble. Having the uh-huh. they can't do it every time, but having the world championship in in the rumble is just a wild card. They should throw in it, you know, once every five years or so, just as as something to really spice it up because it did. And that was, I mean, that was the rumble where AJ Styles debuted out of nowhere. And uh-huh. man, I went mental when that happened. Yeah. When his when when the phenom- when like the phenomenal thing came up on the board it was like oh you you have got to be kidding me AJ Styles in WWE this is insane that was a really really good rumble for that reason also Kevin Owens and Ambrose had their war in the last man standing the selling as they hobbled the the, the great thing about when AJ because AJ took like an age to come down and it was just the energy from the moment everyone saw the phenomenal up until he got into the ring it, it never it never died down at all yeah, um, yep. and I think about the KO and Ambrose. I love that KO basically came out like hobbling and just sort of dragging his dead body along the floor. And it was like, oh, like you just sometimes don't see selling like that, unfortunately. And he he eliminated AJ Styles and yelled out, "Go back to the Indies!" <laughs> and then next minute, and then next minute, Sami Zayn's music hit. It's like oh. the timing for what they had on that Rumble was was so good. It, it's one of my favorite to watch. Yeah. Like the only thing is. Like the wrong person won. The wrong person. I know, won. but it was still or a good story. It, you know, or the the wrong mania feud got set up off the back of it. That mm-hmm. was really, yeah. That could have been really good if Dean won that. Actually, I think a lot of people forget though. It was like we're, we're probably going to get Seth and Triple H, probably in a non-title match at WrestleMania. But because Seth got injured, and that's how the title ended up on Roman, and that's how mm-hmm. we ended up going down that road. So, like you say, it could have been completely different. Um, it could have been Dean Ambrose that won it. Um, but then, in saying that, like we might not have gotten the the title on the line in a Rumble match if it wasn't for Seth's injury either. So, we've went down tangent mania big time there. <laughs> um, you'd mentioned one of your recent columns there with Samuel Plan, Sam, but 
I was actually wanting to bring up the most recent one you've did you've done entitled Faces and Heels Are Dead, Long Live Characters, and it's in reference to the match that we have basically given our predictions for where Roman Reigns will retain the universal title and his hell in a cell match with Braun Strowman, but you'd basically said in that arguing that or not arguing, just defending Braun Strowman isn't necessarily a heel. He's basically looking out for himself and as a, a sort of hashtag guy was trying to get trending without actually trying to get it trending was justification. People are just, as long as they are justified in their actions, then that makes for good TV. Now, you wrote that on, that was published at the end of August. Things have changed a wee bit and I would say that Braun has become bit, a bit more of a baddie. Now, would you agree with that at all? I would I would lean towards that he's he's certainly different to the guy who walked through the crowd and picked out a child at WrestleMania. <laughs> um, but I would I would say that that's a good thing. Um, the thing that got Braun Strowman popular last year was going against Roman Reigns and taking no quarter and giving no and giving no quarter. Uh, that's that's what got Braun Strowman popular. Um, the the char- it, Braun Strowman could never. Never tag with Roman Reigns together. They, the the time they do that will be when Braun's character has been assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, the time when he, him, and Roman Reigns, who had this titanic clash, uh, and and Roman Reigns, who is clearly the someone who says, "Look, I own this this yard. This yard is mine." Um, the time when Braun Strowman can play play friendly with the person who says that is is the time when Braun Strowman's character is is dead in the water. Um, he, Braun Strowman is a guy who picks out who the biggest and baddest person is on the, that he can find. And he makes a beeline for him. Uh, and he doesn't stop until he has taken that guy down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what got him. That's what got him popular last year. That's, that's when everyone started cheering for him uh-huh. was when he did that to Roman Reigns. And then who was the next person that he made a beeline for and that everyone went mental for it was Brock Lesnar. Um, now, whatever you think of the Brock and Braun feud is, oh, is, is like, that's beside the point in, in some ways his, his character was defined by by those actions and that's just what he's done here um he's certainly teamed up more than i, I would I, I don't know i personally would like to have seen him potentially in a more of an alliance of convenience with mcintyre and ziggler uh and and potentially separate himself from them a little bit obviously he's working with them because he knows that he has to he got beaten down by the shield and he has previously last year at Survivor Series he teamed he teamed up with the Miz, the Bar, and Kane uh, to take on the Shield uh, at TLC. So he's not above teaming, but I would like to have seen him. I would like to see him separate himself a little bit more from uh-huh. you know from the the package of Ziggler and McIntyre who are who are more clear cut. I guess what you'd call. Yeah, what you'd call antagonists. Uh-huh. Um, whereas as Braun Strowman is is also a, a bit of he's kind of I don't know he's he's in the middle at the moment. He's he's act as an antagonist towards the Shield, but he has his own story going on as well. Definitely, I think with the Ricky with the fact that there is a sale, you'd be led to believe that there won't be any outside interference. But I can't really see it happen. Because it's a hell in a cell match and there's <laughs> stables all over the place. But 
from what Sam was saying there, Bron's at his best when he's at his most chaotic and I think the Hell in a Cell environment, especially with someone like Mick Foley who's recently been added as a referee, could be quite an interesting element to the match on Sunday. Yeah, because <clears throat> well, if you go back, what was it, like 18, 18 months or whatever it was? Um, or was it longer? can't remember now. It was much longer, much longer. These two were like trying to kill one another on a on a weekly basis, and it sometimes kind of almost succeeded. Um, <laughs> there should have been there should have been countless attempted murder charges brought on each man. Um, I'm surprised. Yeah, the police should have arrested them last year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and this Sunday's going to be no different. I think with Foley being as the special guest referee, I think that adds a little wrinkle to it, and I think. You could maybe have something along the lines. I don't think he's going to take like a full, fully fledged bump. I can maybe see him being knocked down in bronze cover and Roman, or I think it'll be some kind of falsy sort of finish. I don't think anyone's going to interfere. I just think something might happen with Foley, but he misses something, maybe misses a count. Um, I'm hoping they don't do like that Roman hits a spear and Braun puts his foot on the rope and Foley misses it or something. I hope they don't go along those lines. Um, but I do see something like, maybe like I said, Foley getting knocked down, Braun trying to pin him. Foley finally comes around, but Braun turns around a spear or a chair shot or something along those lines. Um, so, um, I think it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be carnage. Um, and I'm looking forward to. It. I'm going to go. I'm going to pick Roman. Okay. There's nothing. There's nothing in the last sort of twelve months or so that that makes me believe that WWE believe in Braun. That they want to make him the guy. Um, and let's like say I think the shield. Let's like say I think the shield walk away with every single title on that show. Um, uh, I know that's not going to please a lot of people, but you know, so be it. Um, but I think the match itself is just going to be absolute chaos. I think the best thing about the match will be Mick Foley's perm. That is some perm he's rocking right now. <laughs> <laughs> his, his hair's never looked like that before, has it? It's quite raffalate, actually. It's, it's definitely a different side of Foley. Is this a new Foley character? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Pro- Sophisticated Foley. Uh-huh. Well, how can you? How sophisticated can you be in that sort of um, what are they called? Is it flannel jackets? Yeah, <laughs> and tracksuit pants. Oh my god, what's what fashion sense that guy's got? Unbelievable. Uh, so we're all I, um, we're all going for a Roman victory then. Hi, yep. I think you're right. There'll be that moment where where Braun's covering covering. Roman Reigns and there's a clear one, two, three, but um, not not counted mm-hmm. because of shenanigans. Uh-huh. And the, the internet will melt down once again. <laughs> uh, it'll be good for the story. It will for the be. story. So, speaking of really good stories, which has not got the stipulation that I would have liked, we've got Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles for the WWE title match, SmackDown's main event. This has oh. been some really good telly, I have to say. But mm. just no no hell in a cell has been announced for it. Ricky, are you disappointed? It's certainly, it has such a personal edge to it. You feel like it has to have some sort of no DQ or 
um you know if this is the stupid this is the insane thing about having a pay-per-view called hell in a cell is that you've suddenly got like all of these feuds that are getting sent into the cell when the cell should be where you go when you've had the no dq you've had the last Mm -hmm. man standing you've had the steel case well actually it still hasn't decided things so you go to hell in a cell to finally get a result um the the idea of a hell in a cell pay-per-view is just insane um for the gimmick i was looking i was looking back through the history of hell in a cell and there's been some matches that really should not have been and there's been so many that should not have been hell in a cell since this pay-per-view was created uh but this, if this got put in a cell, it would make sense for the feud in in some ways. It really should be no DQ or something because the personal edge to it is is like it, it's the driving force of the feud. It's not about the championship anymore, as much as it's for AJ at least. It's about the family. Whereas for Joe, it's it's always about the championship for Joe, and he just does anything he can to get mm. it. He's just kind of trying to mentally manipulate AJ Styles and make him weak. Yeah. Rance, uh, sorry, Ricky. Rance said on the Outsiders <laughs> Edge that uh, we could maybe get a Wendy on a pole match. How, how does that sound as a stipulation for you? A throwback to Buff Bagwell. Um, <clears throat> you can't insult another man's wife, right? Full stop. And exactly, right? You can't do that, but you can't do it and then just give us a standard wrestling match. Um, mm. Like I say, as, as great as their match at SummerSlam was, I said on a review, was that that first minute, two minutes, where they were sort of feeling each other out, I didn't like it. I just felt, spell goes, AJ immediately just starts unloading kicks mm. and just not letting up at all because he's been insulting your wife, he's been insulting your ability as a father, etc. And he's continued to do it. This should have been in a cell. If not a cell, it needs to be like, I quit, no DQ, falls quit, whatever, just yeah. some sort of stipulation. And I kind of... And the reason why it's not, I think, they're always advertised for the Australia show. I think they might have one more match. Um, I mean, it's it is a quote-unquote what people like to it's, it's like a blood feud. In fact, it's not a like it is. Um, like I said, you can't go around insulting someone's family like that and not expecting it to to get some... for Joe to get his comeuppance. Um, I'm going to pick AJ. Mm-hmm. But again, it's similar with the Joe thing is similar to the Becky thing. Where does Joe then go? Um, he lost his stuff with Roman Reigns. I think if you go back and look at it, like a lot of the big feuds that he's been in, I can't remember the last time he won like a, a big feud, Joe. He um, and he's and he's he's great on the mic. So his mic skills in NXT. That's yeah. <laughs> but his mic skills and everything will continue to keep him relevant and stay over. But I think at some point he needs to have that title. Um, uh, I just I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of another like another falsy finish. Um, oh, another one. I'm going to go. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go AJ. But this like Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton shouldn't be in the cell. This should be in the cell. I'm going for AJ as well purely because, as you said, Samoa Joe hasn't won a big time feud at all on his main roster. So I'm just sticking with AJ. What about you, Sam? I want to say Joe. I really do. I I think I think Joe as the the champion on SmackDown would be excellent. I think he would. His I 
some of the guy, I, another podcast I was listening to compared him to, to Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, um, just this, just this brutal ass kicker who's just so, so strong, but also so intelligent in the way he targets people. Like he's, he doesn't care about Wendy. He doesn't, like, it's not like he wants to, oh. to be, he doesn't, he doesn't care about that. He's just doing it to get in AJ Styles' head mm-hmm. because he's, because he saw in the Shinsuke Nakamura feud that AJ Styles can be, can be, is, is potentially mentally weak. For as good as he is in the ring, AJ Styles is someone who, who has a short fuse and can fly off the handle and can be distracted. So this, this intelligent guy who can back it up is, is playing mind games with him. Uh, and I want to see, I, I want to see, Samoa Joe win because of that. I want to see him, this this guy, as the champion, um, and see what can happen when he goes up against Daniel Bryan. Um, see what happens when he goes up against. Um, let's think who else is on there. Even even when, if he went up against Shinsuke Nakamura now, or um, if he went up against, uh, you know, say if they plucked Rusev or Big E or something. Um, he could be a really interesting champion. Yeah. Versus New Day guys would be quite good because oh, New Day, at, at their, what a clash of styles! I know at their most serious. That's when I prefer them with the stuff they yep. had with the Usos last year. That was the most interesting New Day have been. So Big E and yeah. Samoa would be really interesting, actually. I mean, if like we know Sheamus has got that neck injury, and who knows how much longer he may have. But you've always you've also got Cesaro there. You could also. Frustrating oh, sort of attitude scene. So, oh my word! Oh yeah. And if, um, if 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 we're talking about do we care if it's heel or faces, then you know the sooner Almas gets into set any kind of title picture, the better. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, uh, the, thing that, the thing that thinks that makes me think that Joe won't win though is that AJ Styles is coming up on CM Punk's title number the number of days that CM Punk held oh. the WWE Championship for. And we know we know how uh, how much Vince loves having him erased from history books. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Almas could be the guy that beats AJ Styles potentially. Almas or the Miz would be the the guys you'd put on the radar for that. I would I would go probably with the Miz because then you could have the Miz and Daniel Bryan at yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, but Miz finally. Well, in fact, they're. They'll be facing each other on that um, Australia show. So whoever wins is the number one contender. I can see. So, yeah, I can see. Oh yeah, Miz, I forgot about that. I can see them as winning because you now AJ has kept the title for a long time through like long-standing feuds. I think Miz will win it first time. Even it might, I can see that it might even be a TV match. It's like right, I'm challenging you tonight. Shenanigans ensue. Miz is the champion without any. Um, False finishes without any rematches. It's just done there and then to sort of shock the system a wee bit. And then, and then for the next three months, we just get to listen to beautiful Miz promos, letting Daniel Bryan know he's a champion and he's never going to get a title shot, and Daniel Bryan just a little man, etc., etc. Well, well, we're at it. How if, like we're running a wee bit short in time, so we'll sort of fire through the last few. But this um, Daniel Bryan, Brie, Brella, Brie Bella, and Miz and Maurice thing. This for me is just a, it seems like an advert more for Evolution pay-per-view than it does for Brian and Miz, so I've not got much to say on this one either. I'm not sure who will win it though. The Miz has already oh. got a W for himself over this Daniel Bryan feud. Um, 
Ricky, what do you think will happen with this one? Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella win. Okay. I have nothing else to add. I have not like Nikki. I'll add Nikki Bella gets the fall. I mean, you said this is an this is an advertisement for the evolution of all the people to like throw in there. Brie Bella, sorry, I said Nikki Bella. Brie Bella gets the fall over on Maurice. Like of all the two, the two to mm-hmm. like to hang your hat on for this evolution pay per view. Maurice and <laughs> you know, like if ever there was like a, a model who was whatever, <laughs> and she'll botch the finish as well. She'll do a suicide dive and yep. just sort of forward oh. roll. <laughs> like, like I like Maurice's character and like um, when she's alongside the Miz. I just oh, don't want to see her wrestle, you know. Wrestle. So yeah, wrestle. I don't want to see her wrestle. Yeah. So swiftly, swiftly moving on with that one. Then <laughs> um, we've got. The SmackDown tag team title match. Rusev and Aiden English have a, a tag title match against the New Day. You were saying there that Sheamus has got neck issues and we probably won't see them at the top for much longer as a as a team. So it's time for someone else to move on. I don't see Rusev and Aiden English winning this one. It's still a bit early in New Day's reign, I would say, so I'm going to stick with a New Day retention here. Sam? I think this may be where they finally go all in on Rusev. Right. <laughs> you know, after in classic WWE in w, classic WWE fashion, you know, two months after it was actually popular. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me at all. Actually, it could be a good match though. Just from it a, could be. a um, standpoint, I uh, I remember they had. I think it was like there was a triple threat or maybe a four way at Fastlane. With um, I think Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin were in it, and the Usos as well. Yes. With the New Day and Seven and Aiden English, uh, and and it was quite a fun match. And the the uh, interactions, particularly between Big E and and Rusev, were quite good. So yeah, this this could be this could be a really fun match. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rusev, the resident Rusev, Mark, what's your pick <laughs> for this one? Uh, I'll go with the New Day as well. I don't ever. I've never bought into the Rusev Day tag team being like a legitimate threat anytime at all. Um, I, I was quite surprised actually the winner on SmackDown there. I thought uh, the Bar would win, um, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going New Day. Um, they seem to have swept under the rug the whole Aiden English falling out with Rusev thing as well. I think. I think you might see some sort of. Um, disconnect or some disharmony there maybe this Sunday between them. I think that breakup is inevitably coming. Um but yeah, I can't see anything but a new day win. Um so I say we we're still waiting. We're still waiting to see the new day versus the bar. We've we've been wanting that for a while and any time they want to run the new day versus the Usos again, you know, we're I think we're all here for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Last one. Is this the last one? Hell in a Cell match between Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy? Yes, let's hope this doesn't go on last, though. Yeah, this wasn't a case of saving the best till last. This was a case of, let's see how long Jeff Hardy lasts before he he gets thanos and just turns into ashes and pixelates into thin air after a swanton bomb off the top of the cell. (laughs) You know it's coming. I just hope that they don't draw it out too long like last year at uh hell in a cell they had the ko shane mcmahon match and and every the it, I, I thought it was an all right match uh-huh. it was a like 
a pretty brutal match they had, but they just drew it on for 40, like 45 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. It was so long and it didn't need to be. And everyone knew that it, at some point Shane McMahon was going to go off the top. And I think because they even added that stipulation that it was false count anywhere. So it was just so obvious that yeah. that was going to be the ending of the match. Um, and and I just hope they don't do the same thing with this one. If you know, get it over and done with in fifteen minutes. Uh-huh. Imagine short. Imagine Randy Orton actually RKO'd Jeff Hardy. It's like he was lying on the commentary. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't want to see someone die. Uh-huh. I don't like this match, but I don't want them to die. That's a fair point. <laughs> but you never know. They'll probably think of somehow doing it. Uh, I know. Oh, I thought, wait. I thought- no way is Randy Orton doing something that risky. I know it's he physically. Never... <laughs> I've thought of the sort of physics involved, and it's anatomically impossible. But he's done it before, so he'll do it again. So what? What? Jeff jumps off from the top of the cell into an RKO. Yes. <laughs> All right, because I thought I thought you meant they would both be at the top of the cell, and Randy Orton would just be like, "Ah, oh, fuck it," and just give him an RKO <laughs> from the top of the cell through a table or something. No. But, um, uh, it will be Randy Orton's prone on the commentary table, and he gets up at the last second, and somehow does it. I mean, he's at, you've seen the videos online. He's RKO'd like flying giraffes and helicopter planes and stuff. He'll be able to hit RKO Jeff Hardy from the cell, no problem. Like going, going at that speed though, and that height. No, like um, the problem. Was... The problem with that is the physics. So with a swanton bomb, he flips his feet over first mm-hmm. so that he's he's coming down with his feet kind of angling being the thing angling in so i don't know how it would work zrko his feet like unless it's just a standard splash off the top um oh, i mean jeff hardy's out. done that he did a swanton bomb to cm punk through a commentary table off a very very high ladder already yeah it's not that True. It's not that unique because he's done he something is, similar. He's taken some awful looking bumps these last three or four Aye, weeks. Silly man. Oh, like and and I thought, apparently he has a back problem. Like yep. you wonder and why. Thought, and I was like, I was kind. I was actually looking forward to this match. Um, I was, I was, I liked when Randy came out and turned heel and cut his promo. I thought his promo was. But now I'm just like, oh, I don't really care. Now it's just a case of like. I'm going to watch it because there could potentially be a death on the network. Fuck's sake. And that's not a good thing. Um, so, apart press from... For, press for Jeff Hardy. Apart from predicting death, uh, are we going, is anyone going for a Jeff Hardy win or is it unanimous Orton? Yeah, Orton wins via death. <laughs> Does he still pin him in that situation or do they... They throw up the exes. He's literally going oh, to be geez. the legend. Literally will be the legend killer come Sunday night. Oh! <laughs> right, that concludes the preview and Do you think this is going to be Jeff's last match ever? It I know. could be. It will be. Um, I'll put lots of money on well, it. Well, if he dies, it will be. Ah, that's true. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> I was going to start coming out with some um, less than savoury jokes there but I'll, I'll leave that for the end actually I've got one for you <laughs> right so as far as I'm aware that's all the matches that have been announced we'll move on to a hell in a cell themed quiz then if we're both still alright for time yep. yep all good okay so 
It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. I've got ten questions here. Some of them will be easy. Some of them will be guesswork. Um, but as tradition with the show, Sam, you need to give us a buzzer in the form of a wrestler's favourite catchphrase or part of the entrance video. So what have you got for us for your your buzzer? I was I was trying to think of how I could use the uh, the Dean Ambrose theme song, but I think I'll just have to go with my second favourite, which is um, Seth Rollins. So I'll just say burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> you could go... I'm not going to be going... Uh, and what's yours, Ricky? Um, the usual for me is I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> you, you should up, update that to I spit in the faces of people who don't want to be Roman Reigns fans. <laughs> right, number one. The Undertaker holds the record for most appearances in Hell in a Cell. How many matches has he been in? How many Hell in a Cell matches? Down. Okay, Sam. I'm going to say 14. Oh, straight out the bat, straight out the gate there already. Uh, 14 is correct. Number two. You hear that, Ricky? Straight out the gate. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been in 14 Hell in a Cell matches. Uh-huh. Oh, it's insane, isn't it? <laughs> it's disgraceful. It's like actually. actual Hell in a Cell. Jeez, mm-hmm. I would never have guessed that. Uh, number two. The longest ever Hell in a Cell match lasted 47 minutes. Can you name the wrestlers in this match? Burn it down. Okay, Sam. Uh, I'm torn between the Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon match because I know that was in the 40s mm-hmm. and I know that Triple H and Shawn Michaels had a long one. Um, I'll go with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Fuck! Two- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was quite the squeak there, Ricky. <laughs> uh, I must have got it right <laughs> yep, Correct, 2-0 to Sam Quite the debut in the quiz so far Number 3 How many tag team matches have been contested in Hell in a Cell? Just matches as opposed to titles Burn it down Yeah, it doesn't, if it doesn't matter if it's titles or not Just tag team matches So Sam chimed in there uh, I'd say 2 The New Day versus the Usos And Legacy vs DX uh, okay, that's incorrect. Ah, Ricky. Um, four. And what's your answer? Uh, four. Aha. Uh-huh, so, w- what are they? Well, the two. Um, Sam just says, and I don't know who their opponents were, but DX were involved in both matches, were they not? Yes. I mean, technically, I did say how many. I didn't ask what they specifically were. So, uh, right. So we've said the Usos in the New Day and DS versus DX versus Legacy. Uh, well, they were in one with Vincent, or was it Shane and uh-huh. Vince? Or so the other ones I've got here are DX versus Shane, Vince, and Big Show. And <laughs> No wonder I forgot that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the other one was Austin and Taker versus Kane and Mankind on a Raw, believe it or not. What? Uh, oh, wow. That was before the King of the Ring 98 match. Mentioned so is that five? 
No, that was four. So Usos, nice. New Day, the two DX matches, and Austin and Taker versus Kane and Mankind. Right. So it turns out they've been cheapening the gimmick since it was created. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not the, just since the Hell in a Cell uh-huh. pay-per-view. <laughs> the second match in, basically. So, number four. Name the other two Hell in a Cell matches that took place on the same night as Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks. So there were two other Hell in a Cell matches that night. Burn it down. Sam? Uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. And if there was another one, it would have been Roman Reigns versus Rusev. Correct. 3 1 to Sam. Uh, number five, Mick Foley has a perm right now. No, that's not true. Well, it is true. <laughs> Mick Foley has wrestled in Hell in a Cell under all three of his personalities, aka Mankind, Cactus Jack, and Dude Love. True or false? Really? True or false? Burn it down. False. Oh, it's, that's he hasn't, the hasn't, wrestled, hasn't wrestled as um, Dude Love. Correct. Ricky, that's 4 1. I'm the one that woke up at 4 30 a.m. here, Ricky. It's, <laughs> you uh, should be in the prime of your evening. <laughs> he's speechless right now. Are you alright? Uh-huh. I, I told you when it comes to the quiz, I, I panic the pressure. Right. You clearly didn't read the Wikipedia page before you jumped on here. <laughs> I, I, uh, right, uh, that's kind of given the game away for me here. So, <laughs> Next question. Uh, how did the Hell in a Cell match between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins end? The 2014 Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, how did the Ambrose-Rollins match end? Burn it down. Okay, so. that's, one of my fa- that's one of my favourite matches ever, so... Um, it ends with Dean Ambrose going to curb stomp Seth Rollins through a through through um cinder blocks, and the lights go out and Bray Wyatt is in the ring. Correct answer. No, the image of the ghost of Bray Wyatt's in the ring. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there was some awful special effects on show. Then Bray Wyatt appeared. So correct <laughs> five one. I uh, technically. You need to win the next four questions, Ricky, for a tie, and I don't have a tiebreaker, so uh, redeem yourself starting now. How many Hell in a Cell matches has CM Punk competed in, competed in? Now, I will give you one of them, and it was a dark match that happened on Raw in a five-way. What? I can't remember all the competitors, but there was a crazy dark match between him, Alberto Del Rio, some other folk, and it was like five minutes long. So you can add that into your equation. I've got no idea. I spit in the face of people who don't want to kill, so that was that one you gave us. So. Four. Incorrect. Oh, it's the other one then. Damn it. I know he had a really crap one against Ryback. <laughs> Let me. Says. I'd go with, with three, because he had one with The Undertaker. Um which I think he lost. Uh, and then he had that one against Ryback and then whatever that crazy dark match was. I know. Uh, How often do you think they get the hell in a cell out on the, um, on the house shows? I know. Maybe you'll get one at Super Showdown. Uh, like... How often do you get the do you get to a house show and see the hell in a cell hanging from the roof and go, oh, what's going to happen tonight? <laughs> the correct answer is actually five. Uh, oh. So Undertaker, the dark match. He yep. had a match versus Ryback. He had a match the next year versus Ryback and Paul Heyman. 
Oh, what a match. Uh, Meltzer gave that seven <laughs> stars, believe who, it or not. Who won the rubber match? <laughs> uh, the know. third one they had. Uh, and there was also... what, what, what did you say there? What did, what did I say? Who won the rubber match? The rubber match. No, <laughs> Did you say did you say, did you, you say something about Meltzer? I said Meltzer gave that handicap match seven stars. <laughs> it, and, uh, and also Alberto Del Rio and John Cena in a triple threat match. There you go. So number eight, who has done the most off the top of the cell commentary table bump spots? If that makes sense. So there have been many table commentary table bump spots in cell matches, but who has fallen off the top? The most through a table, off the, side. the commentary table, not off the side, no, from the roof. Burn it down. Okay. It has to be Shane McMahon. Correct answer. Two. He's done two. Uh-huh. The only ones I can think of off the off the actual top. If you're counting off the side, I wouldn't have a clue because everyone seems to do. I think well, lots of people do that. <laughs> but Shane McMahon. I, and Mick Foley did one off the roof into the commentary table, so... Yeah, I was getting confused because Foley did one through the cell as well. He's done several through the cell. Aye. Um, right, so, number nine. Who has the worst ratio for victories and appearances, if that makes sense? So, who's been in the most hell in the cells but lost most, if that makes any sense whatsoever? Nice spit in the face here, people don't want to be cool. Okay, Ricky. The worst ratio or the worst winning percentage? The worst ratio, so they've been in the most matches but lost the most, like the percentage is bad because, so it's a double-barreled answer. Oh, Ryback has never won a sale match, has he? I was thinking that too. <laughs> right. Is that your answer? Uh, that's your answer. Incorrect, Sam. <laughs> Someone must okay, have been in more matches and not win. Who's Foley's been in two? Wait, has Foley been in more than two? He was in that tag team match that you mentioned, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah. I don't know if he won that or not. I'll I'll just go with Mick Foley. That is correct. He has lost all four of his appearances in the sale. Four. Yes, because there was a. So he's had the Cactus Jack Triple H, yep. the the famous Undertaker one, that crazy tag yep. match, and they had one with Kane as well, not long after. Oh, there you go. Um, number 10. By the way, in case anyone's not keeping up, Sam has won this by quite the landslide, but number <laughs> 10. After this Sunday, after Sunday has finished, how many... Clearly hel- don't kayfabe the quiz. It's- <laughs> uh, how many Hell in a Cell matches will there have been after Sunday? And, and is, it, is, this, is this including your dark match? It's not mine, it's Vince's. Whoa. Yes, it is including that one. <laughs> Maybe go on Sunday. Jeff, I'll do... Two. I've got no idea, honestly. Okay. <laughs> So Wait, how many? How many did we even have on Sunday? Two. Um, it's got to be in the thirties at least. What's your final answer? Thirty-seven. And uh, Sam, give us a guess. Thirty-two. Ricky is closer. The answer will be forty. A nice clean 40. That's crazy. 
How many were there before the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view started, I wonder? I'm sure Maverick said something about this on right side of the pond last week. I think there was 16, sounds about right. Yeah, less than... Wow, they've really inflated the numbers of it. Anyway, I know. that's what happens. So, congratulations, Sam, on, first of all, coming yeah. on... Yeah! Well, not, not exactly congratulations for coming on the show, but congratulations for being... Co- <laughs> for being compassmentous. in my career. Uh-huh. But the, your, um, your appearance on the show at an ungodly hour in Australia is very much appreciated. Congratulations <laughs> on winning the quiz quite convincingly as well. Um, have you got anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I write on Lords of Pain at Sir Sam's Court, or uh, I did do. I've been doing the series Yes Relived, where I go through Daniel Bryan uh, against the Authority. So I've been going from SummerSlam through to WrestleMania 30. It has gone on a bit of a back burner with having a kid. There's a lot of things I've been getting, having to do and having to prepare for. Uh, so that's gone on the back burner for a little bit. So check out Sir Sam's Court, which is more of my up-to-date stuff. Uh, and I'll actually be dropping a column in the next couple of days mm-hmm. in regards to we talked about The Shield uh, and the Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre uh, sort of feud that's and Dolph Ziggler feud that's kind of exploded all across Raw. I'll be talking about shared universe in that column, so uh, it's something that I really enjoy and something that I am keen to write about. So I've kind of got the the notes out for that. So check out that on LordsOfBane.net. And if you you know if you want to to argue with me about Roman Reigns or about <laughs> about Raw <laughs> uh-huh. uh, or, or anything, or if you want to talk some 205 Live, we didn't talk any 205 Live, but I love. That's my favourite. That's actually my favourite wrestling yes. show on on the network. Um, if you want to talk about that, just hit me up on Twitter at Sir underscore Samuel, uh, or if you pop on the the LOP forums, uh, I'm generally popping up there every few days and and having a chat with people there. That's something I'm guilty of not being on for a while. It just sort of disappears. It gets away from you sometimes. Just general life. So I'm going to make a a new September resolution where I go back on the the forums a lot more. <laughs> um, Ricky, we were mid we're midway through September, so well, <laughs> and you know, ugh, leave me alone, Ricky. Have you got anything you want to plug? Uh, um, no, no, I don't. I'll leave the, the rest of the plugging to yourself. Okay, so this has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, you can follow us at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. Other shows on the network are Outsider's Edge, Keeping It Strong Style and One Nation Radio and also the Grown Men Watch This Shit. We have columns as well on socialsuplex.com so if you want access to the columns straight away as well as the podcast you can subscribe on there. Please leave us a five star review on the app of your choice to help us get over and check out Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group for lots of chat from ourselves and other people who just are interested to talk about wrestling. Uh, I think that's us. I'll finish with a joke. Thanks before you f- me be- on. Uh, yes, uh, thank of you course, thanks much. for coming on. Before, but, um, before, before you tell your joke, um, if anyone wants to come on, just you know, just give us a shout and we'll happily have you on. Yeah, I'll have anyone. Clearly. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we will try if we're going to have you on we'll try and work it a bit more towards your time I think that's only fair mm-hmm. oh you could have told me that before I got up at 5.30 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> ah it's too late it's in the bag now <laughs> right so 
I was actually struggling to think of a joke this week, so this one's a bit um, politically incorrect. So I apologise in advance if anyone's offended. But do you remember how badly Brock Lesnar just destroyed Zach Gowen back in the day? God. Oh, you, God. The poor guy didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the views and events expressed here do not reflect the views of Sir Sam. <laughs> Is, is Sir Sam's court, yes, we lived. Or Sir underscore Samuel. <laughs> it, it, it says at the start of the show, listener discretion is advised. So it was in there. So. Right, I'm pressing stop right now. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc